Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Man, that's quite an introduction. That's quite an introduction. For a moment there, I was like, wait a minute, is he still talking about me? <laughs> listen, I am happy to be here, Relove. I am happy to see all of your beautiful, smiling faces. I bring you greetings from, yes, all the way from Georgia, the good old South. Good old South. I'm truly, truly grateful to your pastor and his family for inviting me out. And I'm truly grateful for this opportunity. I do not take it for granted. It's a serious moment when you open God's word. Because lives are changed. Lives are transformed whenever God's word is proclaimed. So we're going to be diving into God's word. You excited? Are you ready? All right. Now, Pastor Seth, in talking with him, he shared with me and he says, listen, we're going through a series on belief. I believe. And as we are talking and discussing, and I'm thinking about this faith walk that we all have as believers, as we, we sing this powerful song, Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. I start to wrestle with this tension that yes, many of us, we believe and we proclaim, yes, I have faith in Jesus Christ. But how does this match up to our circumstances when we're in pain? When we're hurting, when we're struggling? As Pastor mentioned, I have two churches and I'm not speaking of relove, I'm speaking about my churches. Sometimes it bothers me a little bit when every single Sabbath we come together in churches, they gather and the believers are like, hey, how you doing? Happy Sabbath. They're like, oh, happy Sabbath to you too. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Everyone is always great. So I started to do something very purposeful as a pastor. So every time when I greet people, hey, happy Sabbath. How you doing, pastor? Not too well. Oh, that's great. And they move on. I'm like, ah, see, they're not even listening. And oftentimes we come together as believers and we take each other for granted. Because we believe just because everybody's in the same house, everybody's in the same position. But we're not. We're used to the phrase, God is good all the time. And all the time? Yeah, that's true. No doubt. God is good. But our circumstances are not always good. And this is a reality that we need to admit. Did everyone hear that? We need to actually admit it that, yes, things are not always peachy and beautiful. There are painful moments, and this is what actually turns off many who are not believers as yet. Because they come among Christians and believers and those are professed faith, and they're saying, wait a minute, it's always good for you? So where do I stand? I hear of this good God, but I see terrible things in society. 
I see pain all around. I see suffering all around. I believe that we all feel pain at some point in your life, no matter what age. You could be young, you get your heart broken. Someone says something that hurts your feelings. See, whether it's physical or emotional, little or intense, whether it's open or whether it's secret, we all feel pain. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to have and hold your faith in God when you're in pain? See, see, I'm not talking about, oh, yes, God is our provider and he came through on the other end. What about those moments when he did not come through? What about those moments when your spouse did step out on you and they're not coming back? I'm talking about those moments when you're in pain and it seems like no one cares. I'm talking about when you're in pain and you're still in the midst of the abuse. When the tears just keep flowing. When you cry out in that midnight hour and no comfort seems to come. See, as believers, though we seek relief, we often hide our pain. Pain is that unwelcome guest that we hide in our bedrooms. We hide them in the bedroom because we know eventually we have to go back and deal with it, experience it. Each and every night before we go to sleep, we have to deal with our pain and our anguish. There's a lot of pain in our world. And wherever there's sin, there's pain. But the message is not all doom and gloom. Naturally, we all seek what? Pain relief. You ever notice all the different info commercials and pharmaceutical companies? They're making billions because we all seek pain relief. Pain relief. Pain relief. So I have an encouraging word for you this morning, and it's entitled Pain Relief. Thank you, Jesus. Pain relief. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father. We need your pain relief. We need you in this very moment. There's someone here that's hurting. And oh, Father, we're seeking you. So in this very moment, I ask for your Holy Spirit to take full control. Speak through me, oh, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you, if you have your Bible, whether it's on your iPad, your phone, turn with me to the beautiful book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Turn with me there. We're looking at just a few verses. I promise I won't be too long. Romans chapter 8. I'm starting with verse 18. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. It says, for I consider that the sufferings, the sufferings, the pain of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. See, in the entire chapter of Romans chapter 8, Paul has been explaining all the believers who are fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. And here in this section, he starts off by saying, and I consider the sufferings, the pain of this present time. See, Paul is explaining the tension that exists between our present pain and the hope of glory to come. He explains that our redemption as believers in Jesus Christ, that even creation itself 
is experiencing redemption, but only partially. Did you hear me? Yes, what Jesus did at Calvary is full and complete and it is finished, but it's not all the way. This is a reality that we must openly admit and address. Redemption is not full yet. It's only partial. Paul says that both us and creation have been subjected to pain and suffering through the presence of sin in our world. But the one cause for hope in our present circumstances is the certainty, the guarantee of future glory. But notice, he starts off by saying present sufferings. He's not talking about your past pain. He's readily admitting that right now, today, October 9th, 2021, yes, you are feeling present pain and he acknowledges it. Paul does not overlook the pain that believers have or non-believers. He readily admits it. He doesn't dismiss your pain. He acknowledges and he says, I compare it though. See, there's something that is remarkable. There's something that starts to happen when someone is in pain and someone else acknowledges it. It legitimizes our experiences. It lets you know that your pain is important. It's not irrelevant. But, but our pain does not compare to our glory. To our glory. This word glory comes from the Greek word doxa, from which we get the word doxology. Paul is reminding us that in our present circumstances, our present physical state, there is glory to be received. We will be transformed just as much as your pain matters, your glory matters, but matters even more. But he doesn't stop there. He breaks it down in verse 19. He says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation is waiting. You ever notice how interesting it is as Paul is breaking it down? He says that creation is waiting on us. Creation is still tied to humanity. It was Adam and Eve that messed it up for, for the earth. And the earth is still waiting on human beings. Still, still waiting. And Paul continues, he says, For creation was subjected to futility, as in uselessness, sinfulness, not willing not willingly, but because of him, that man Adam, who subjected it in hope. Sin has affected more, more of humanity's relationship, more than humanity's relationship to God. It has affected physical nature. Suffering is everywhere. Notice there's climate change, all these disasters, wildfires, hurricanes. Oh, you don't get that here. Earthquakes. Nature is still affected. Verse 21, it says, and that creation itself will be set free from its bondage of corruption and obtain freedom of the glory of the children of God. Notice that the glory is connected with us. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. 
Notice Paul is using the same language that we see in Genesis, where it says, surely I will multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. This is explaining, this is not just talking about only labor for women. It's talking about our pain experience. It shows that our experience of pain is deeply connected to the entrance of sin. Pain, I want to be, I want to be very, very clear. Pain is not from God. The pain that you're feeling, this is not God punishing you. But I want you to also know that, that God uses your pain. Creation is in turmoil. It is angry. It's in agony. It is groaning in pain. But Paul readily admits, he says, it's not only creation. It's not only creation that is in agony. Verse 23 says, not only creation, but we ourselves. Just as much as you see creation, creation is groaning. He says, yes, humans, us, we are groaning as well. And he does not look down on the believer, does not look down on the sinner, does not look down on any of us for groaning at times. He says we're groaning. We ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. Redemption of our bodies. See, like for us as Cynthia Venice, the earth is longing for Jesus to come. When he will liberate the world from all sin, death, and pain, it's got to go. This groaning, it's expressing frustration. Frustration with the present pain, but we are anticipating a glorious return. We're anticipating a glorious redemption, a complete redemption. Notice he says in the next verse, verse 24, it says this hope. What hope? The hope that soon and very soon there'll be no more pain. We'll be saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes and what he sees. <laughs> See, this hope that we're talking about, it's not wishful thinking. It's not wishful thinking. It's confident expectation. We know God is coming. Our Jesus is coming back. And soon, this pain that is causing us to groan and cry and moan in agony, soon there will be joy. Joy that's flowing, overflowing. It says, but if we hope, verse 25, but if we hope for what we don't see, we wait, we wait, we wait with patience. See, that's a word I know, especially in today's society. We don't want to hear that word. Patience? Man, we want it quick and ready. Right now, the faster the better. So we're eager to say, come, Lord Jesus, come, 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 come quickly. But there are many that don't have this hope that we have. So the Lord is saying, I'm waiting for them. I'm waiting for them to accept it. See, we eagerly wait to have pain-free lives. We hope for a world to come where sickness, death, viruses, oh man, COVID, no longer exists. We hope for a time when Jesus' Jesus' words will be fulfilled. He says, I will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death. Neither will there be mourning, nor crying, no more pain. For the former things have been what? passed away see as much as we anticipate a time of no more pain 
Pain is here. Pain is here. We live with it. So what is the purpose of pain? Why does God allow it to stay? This is the tension that we, as believers, we have. Yes, there's a good God, a great God, a powerful God, but there's pain and suffering still. Why? I'm here to let you know that, um, and don't, don't stone the preacher for saying this. I believe that pain can be good. See, that's why I have the podium. If anything, I can duck behind it. Pain is good. Kind of. Pain is good, but only as it indicates damage. See, without pain in our lives, we would not know and fully understand the effects of sin in our lives. We would not know to hate sin in all its forms. See, pain is the other side of God's favor. When we think of Daniel, we think of Daniel, it says, and he found favor with God. But Daniel suffered. He was tortured, thrown in jail, thrown in the fiery furnace. We have Joseph. Same thing. He had favor with his father, but not with his family. Have mercy. And he endured some family pain. He had some painful experiences. We have Job. We all know about Job, right? This brother, he had so much favor that God openly declared he is righteous. He is holy. But the flip side of that is he suffered physical pain. He even lost his family. See, though we believe, we still feel pain in this sinful world. I want us to understand that present pain is a reminder that our redemption is not yet complete. Now, let me ask this question. I remember as a, as a young child, I used to want to have superhero powers, right? I used to, like, man, I can't, I wish I could fly. Now, let me ask the question. Anybody here ever wondered, you know, I wish I could never feel any pain. Someone could hit you, and it's like, I don't feel nothing. Anyone? Only me? But you want to know something? This actually exists. There are individuals right now that cannot feel pain. Oh, man. Oh, man. Everyone's looking at me like, what do you talk about? Yeah. There's a medical condition right now. Let's any nurses or doctors in the room, you'll be able to vouch for this. Um, it's congenital insensitivity to pain. We're individuals from birth. From birth. They can feel no pain. I'm like, what? When I first read this, I'm like, oh, snap. They have superpowers. Don't feel no pain. They can tell if a knife is sharp or if it's dull. They can tell if something is hot or cold. But guess what? No pain. See, on the surface, this no pain condition seems really cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. Like, man, no pain? There's mm, a drawback. See, they can feel the difference between something that's sharp or cold, sharp or dull or hot or cold, but they cannot, they cannot tell when that hot cup of tea is actually destroying their taste buds. They can tell whether the knife is sharp or dull, but they cannot tell when it's cutting into their main artery and they're bleeding to death. There's a reason for pain. 
See, the lack of pain awareness often leads to untreated wounds. Am I talking to anybody? It leads to bruises and broken bones, health issues that go undetected, untreated. I want you to hear it and hear it clearly. Many are seeking a pain-free life and not realizing that there are issues that are left unresolved in their life. God need to come up in there and fix it. Oh, I don't, I don't think you're catching it. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me break it down like this. The other day, I took my son to the dentist, and he, he had to have a procedure done in his mouth. So the dentist went in, and he numbed the gum, right? He numbed it so much that his lip, his entire face went, hmm, like that, right? And the dentist says, listen, as you're going home, keep an eye on him because he might hurt himself. I'm like, hurt himself? What are you talking about? So he had his mask on. So I'm in the car and driving along, and I'm like, oh, I remember what the dentist told me. I said, like, hey, 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 my son's name is Ryo. I'm like, Ryo, pull down your mask. As Ryo pulled on his mask, I was like, oh, Lord, help me. This boy, he could not feel any pain, and he was actually gnawing at his lip so much he almost bit the whole thing off. I'm talking about he couldn't feel no pain. See, when you, when you cannot feel pain in your life, you become, you become distorted in your perspectives. You cause more damage than you do any good. He almost bit off his entire lip because he's just back there chewing. I'm like, bro, are you hungry? What, what you doing? So I literally had to tell him, because his finger is not numb, Put your finger in your mouth so when you, when you clamp down, you will feel that pain and notice, stop. See, pain is needed. I love, I want to share this first quote with you. Um, Philip Yancey, in his book, That Hurts, he says this. Pain is the most effective language the body can use to draw attention to something that is important. If you're not feeling pain, it is not necessarily a good thing. It may be that you're actually living with a disorder. See, without pain, your faith expectancy is immature. We don't expect God to work because we're unaware that we even need him. See, without pain, our faith experience is limited. There's no growth. We believe everything will always be smooth. See, without pain, and this is where I'm hitting close to home now, without pain, our faith lifestyle is filled with insensitivity. See, feeling pain makes you sensitive to others who are in pain. This is why so many in our churches can't witness to anybody. You don't know to identify that that brother is struggling with alcoholism. You've never felt that pain, so you can't be sensitive to it. A matter of fact, our insensitivity is actually a sign that we have been lying to ourselves. Because many have been conditioned to to say, you know what, I'm a Christian now. I am living a pain-free life. So they live in a facade instead of reality. And the reality is you know you're struggling. Quit lying. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Problem of Pain, he says, pain is not good 
in itself. What is good in any painful experience is for the sufferer, his submission to the will of God, and for those who are spectators now, and I want you to say with me, for those who are spectators now, the compassion that it arouses and the acts of mercy which it leads. It's time for us to stop faking it. And let's be real. In a world of sin, everybody feels pain. Come on now, everybody feels. Instead of seeking to live pain-free lives, I'm here to tell you, seek to live peace-filled lives. See, pain is not punishment, it's for our redemption. See, pain alarms us to our need for recovery. Pain is a reminder that an alarm clock to our situation. Pain halts us in our progress of sin and discourages further destruction. Pain is an indicator that change is needed. I know your pastor and I, we're about to run a marathon. Talk about pain. Talk about pain. Hey, pray, listen, tomorrow, within the hours of 6 and 12, pray, church. You think I'm joking. Pray for me and for him because guess what? Our bodies will be screaming in agony, screaming, saying stop because there is what? Pain. The lactic acid is going to be building up in our legs. Our lungs are going to be crying for more oxygen and the body is going to be saying we don't feel good. Stop. But there's various types of pain. There's a pain that you feel, and after a while you say, you know what? No, we're going to push through it. And there's pain that you feel. If you feel certain type of pain in your joints, your body's saying, Listen, bro, stop. You're going to hurt something. You're going to damage something beyond repair. Stop. No matter what pain that you're feeling, there's one thing that's consistent with pain is that pain insists on getting your attention. No matter what you're doing, your body's going to be like, mm, stop what you're doing. And it wants your attention. Pain is the big attention grabber. So if you're in a lot of pain, that means someone wants your attention. Notice this. C.S. Lewis, he continues in his book, The Problem of Pain. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains it is his megaphone to grab the attention of a deaf world are you hearing me notice that jesus he never said once you accept salvation that i give you'll be pain-free he never said that i actually searched for it he never said that notice in john 16 33 he says i have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But he continues in John, it says, peace I leave with you. Peace, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And he continues, says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you that. But I go, I go, I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am in the thrones above, there you will be also. 
See, that's a big, bold promise that Jesus made. And here it is. In the middle of your pain, peace is assured and guaranteed in Jesus. The solution to pain is not comfort. It's not comfort. It's peace. It's peace. Our pain is relieved. It's assuaged by our peace in Jesus. Peace in knowing that Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Peace in knowing that Jesus is preparing a place for us. Peace in knowing that Jesus has already overcome all the situations that bring us pain. And he says, I will give you strength. I'll give you strength through your pain. So tomorrow, Seth, listen, brother, both of us, we're going to be claiming the promises of God out there. It's in your strength that I'm, oh, yes, Jesus. We're going to be claiming it. You're going to need to, bro. I'm telling you. Our peace in Jesus is greater than any pain we could ever feel. Our peace is in Jesus, who is the prince of peace. We have peace as we claim the promises of Jesus. It is only a death-defying Jesus could ever give us peace beyond our pain. Because death is the ultimate pain that we could ever feel. And he defied that. He conquered that. Let's look at the text one more time. Romans 8 and verse 18. It says, for I consider... I think about all the pain that we have here in this present time. And you know what? They're not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us. In the face of pain, claim God's promises. Our peace in Jesus is greater than any pain we could ever feel. What God has for us is greater than any pain that we have right now. This pain will pass, but God's peace will last. Your pain is present, but God's peace is his presence. Instead of pain-free lives, seek to have peace-filled lives. Peace-filled lives. See, we're tested. We're tested to believe in a beautiful, awesome future. When we're living right now in painful, painful nightmares, that's the test. We're tested to believe in this beautiful future hope when pain is our present reality. But I'm here to let you know our pain cannot compare with the future glory God has for us. The pain that we feel. Let me ask a question. Anyone here ever had a paper cut? It's one of the worst, right? How many here would be willing to volunteer right now for me to give you a paper cut? Come on. It's just a paper cut. I know, I know it's painful, but it's just a paper cut. No? No one? No takers? Who, who said that? Who, who, who said that? How about if I say, you know what? I'll give you $100,000 to, 
Did you notice how quickly things changed? Did you notice how quickly the circumstances change? See, our present pain, the present reality, I said, I'm going to give you a paper cut. When you compare the paper cut to the 100,000, what, what happened there? You're willing to suffer. You're willing to even, you volunteer for it. See, as believers, when you truly understand the value of having a life with Jesus, when you truly understand what Jesus offers, he's not offering you, he's not just saying, just take this paper cut. He says, in this life, you will have trials and tribulation, but I've overcome it. I've overcome it, and I'm guaranteeing you, and I'm giving you far greater than $100,000. He says, I'm giving you my divinity. Oh, I think you missed it. The doxa, the glory that I was talking about is not just, oh, you're going to live in heaven. <laughs> Anybody can have a fancy house. It ain't what we're talking about. That's not the mansions he's talking about. He says, I'm giving you a place with me. Revelation breaks it down even more. The place with him is actually on his throne. Royalty, divinity, rulership of the entire universe. That's what you are getting. Not just mere 100,000. So he's saying the pain that you're presently feeling, the hurt that you're currently in right now cannot compare to the glories the transformation that is to come so we wait with patience you're waiting with patience so yes you might get that paper cut Seth but guess what you're waiting you're like yes I'm giving a paper cut but where's my money <laughs> and the Lord is saying I have greater things than just mere money for you greater things but there's something in the midst we're still here and while we're waiting, there's something that we need. And our waiting, as we wait, we need each other. The Bible says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In order for us to stay in the pocket, stay in the place of peace and contentment, we need each other. We need each other. A friend of mine, I met him through our church, and, you know, I invite him out. I'm like, hey, listen, man, come play some ball with me. Yes, you pass the plays ball, basketball. And as, as we're there, we're playing, and months went by. And after a while, he starts to open up to me. And the floodgates open up. He's like, listen, man, I'm struggling. I think my wife is about to leave me. He's been struggling with the pain he's been fighting trying to keep his marriage together and he's like listen my wife is about to leave me I, I've tried everything and I keep on failing her see he had been struggling with this pain but he had no peace he had been struggling with the pain but he needed someone else so after talking with him understanding the situation I was able to refer him to a professional counselor marriage counselor Christian counselor and now they're both receiving the help that they need. See, yes, there's pain, but there's also help available. It amazes me how many of us, we're in pain, but we don't seek help. We're hurting. We're in agony. But we have bought the lie. We bought into the lie that says, you know what, I need to look perfect. But the Lord is not inviting us to perfect image. He's inviting us to perfect peace. And right here at Relove, 
There are small groups. There's life groups. The church, this is why church exists. We need to be able to share with others. We need to be able to connect with others. You don't have to go through this alone. This is why we have a church family. This is why we have life groups, small groups, connect. That basketball court became our small group. From helping him, he called a coworker and said, listen, he's also having similar problems. Can you help? I said, let's talk. See, it is not easy. And I, I get it. I get it. You're like, I don't want anybody open my business. Come on, Pastor, what you talking about? That's why you need connections. Make friends so you can trust them. Remember, I told you it took him months. Months of playing ball with me before you finally open up. So I have a challenge for you, Relove. I have a challenge for every person under the sound of my voice, especially for those online. I have a challenge for you as well. Connect with someone. Don't leave here today without connecting. If you have to sign up for a small group, do it. Step out there. Step out there. I know, I know, I know. You're like, I don't, but I don't want to. Don't, you don't have to tell them your business right away. Just connect with someone. Make friends. Make a connection and start there. There's relief for your pain. There's relief for your pain. So as I close, so as I close, I'm not going to be the any longer. I just want you to understand that peace is available and that peace is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying, my family, my church family is there. If you're wondering, why is it that I can never get any help? He's saying, turn to those who are connected with me. Don't leave this place the way you came. Get connected. Get connected. And if you can't connect with someone in this room, I invite you to connect with Jesus. Right here, right now, I'm about to pray. And if you're saying, listen, I want peace. I want peace because I'm in pain. I need the peace of Jesus Christ. I need peace in my life, the peace that passes all understanding, as the Bible says. I need that peace. If that is your desire, just simply raise your hand right where you are. You're saying, yes, I need peace. Jesus, I want your peace in my life. Jesus, I want your peace to wash over my pain. As I consider your promises, oh Jesus, I want your peace in my life. If that is your desire, I see a few hands raised. For those that are watching online, just simply type right there in the comments, I want that peace. I want that peace for my pain. Let us pray together. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, as we consider all that is happening in our world as we consider all that has happened within our families within our very own lives lord we need your peace we need your peace transform us oh father transform us as a church family help us to be sensitive to the pain of others help us to come alongside those that are in need those that are in pain and to be able to walk them through it. Walk with them by identifying that, yes, we too have pain. 
for that brother, for that sister that is hurting. Lord, I pray that they will not lose heart. I pray that they will not be discouraged, but they will have hope in knowing that soon and very soon, this will all be a thing of the past. Transform us, O oh Father, with your peace. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.